1: The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first fifty dollars off just visit linkedin dot com slash team again that's linkedin.com dot com slash team and get fifty dollars off your first job post terms and conditions apply all right everybody welcome to a special free edition of the saints happy hour podcast this episode is free but you should become a daily patron level, you get the best swag on earth, including the Cruditasum Cup, and you get access to every podcast and Andrew's special blog post where he grades every Saints free agent. He did a post on his top 25 for the 2020 draft, which we're going to talk about in just a second. So you should be a $10 patron. If you're able to support us, we appreciate it. It's the best Saints podcast on earth. And Andrew, for New Zealand, we are the 52nd rated football podcast. Just throwing that out. Are we? Are we like twenty-one in Finland? We are twenty-one, and we are twenty-one in Finland. We have been top. Yeah, shout out
2: to our Finnish fans.
1: We have been, we have been top ten in the Ukraine. Uh, we are worldwide, <laughs> and everybody knows the number one Saints podcast is us. <laughs> it's clear. As uh, as My wife. is sending out the crew to taste some cups and 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 doing the addresses, she's always like, "How the fuck are people listening in?" And she just says this country that she has to mail to. Um, so it's very exciting. We we appreciate all the people supporting the show. Um, so your top twenty-five board. Look, we're not gonna, gonna. We know Joe well, hold on, hold on one and, second.
2: and I think some people may not know. So. Uh, I'll back up a second. So I, I'm doing more blog posts on our website. So you can check that out. If you're a $10 donor, uh, then you can see all of my player grades. And so yep. uh, just go to saintshappyhour.com, And if you become a $10 donor, you can see all of my blog posts. And so, you know, work is slowed down for me. And um, so, you know, if you like the show and you care about us and, and you want to support, uh, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to, be doing more of this stuff uh, to give you content, uh, to give you value, um, but also uh, to buy my time, you know, yeah. to some degree. So, so anyway, yeah. Th- this uh, what Ralph is talking about specifically is I put out a I did review of all the prospects, and with the Saints picking at twenty four, I created my Saints board one through twenty five. So basically, looking at the top twenty five prospects that the Saints should be looking at, specific to their needs their comps what kind of players they like to draft and um you know understanding that with one through 25 the saints are picking 24 so if they stay put they're going to get one of these guys
1: and here's my question to you because I don't think me, say, us spending five minutes breaking down Chase Young from Ohio State and saying he's awesome and you looking at his tape and, <laughs> and it is, is worth – Saints fans are going to be like, that's great. That's a Lamborghini I can never fucking have, right? Yeah. But I guess my question to you is, as you graded out these top ten, there's always a dude that falls. Right In mm-hmm. 2017, it was Lattimore. He was in every mock draft that there was. He was going to be top five. right? And we were just like, that's not realistic at 11 for the Saints. And lo and behold, he got to pick seven, and you were orgasming on the phone texting me like, oh my God, Ralph, this is really going to happen. And it happened, and he fell to the Saints. So I know it's hard to predict, but if you looked at your top 12, What's a guy yeah. that you could see that we'd all be like, I can't believe he's here at 24. What are we going to do? What are the Saints going to do? Who's a guy or two in the top 12 of your top 12 that you think may fall? Um,
2: yeah, interesting question. Um, so I would say, well, I've got Patrick Queen at 13. Um, so I, I certainly think there is a good chance that he'll be available. Um, at 12, I have Justin Jefferson and I don't think he falls. Um, but you know, that's definitely a guy. I I really think when, when I look at my top 12, I expect all of them to be gone. And I have Patrick queen at 13 and that, again, I don't, that doesn't mean I think he'll be drafted at 13 or even in the top 15. It just means I think he's the 13th best prospect for the saints specifically. Um, and so I, I think he'll be there. Um, but you know, Jefferson at 12, I would say is the cutoff. Um, you know, I kind of look at it like this. And, and you know, before we kind of get into more specific players, I, I, I would just make this one comment um, about how I see this draft going for the Saints if they stay at 24, just high level. OK, so yep. high level for me is that there's three receivers in this draft that I really, really want and I expect them all to be gone. But if by some miracle, any of these three, and I'm talking about uh, Judy out of Alabama, I'm talking about CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma, and I'm talking about Justin Jefferson out of LSU. If any of those three were to drop to the Saints at 24, and, and you know, again, if the Saints move up in a trade, that changes the game, obviously. Uh, but, but assuming they stay at 24, I don't see any of these guys dropping. But if they did... That that's who I would want. So that's number one. Number two, uh, I would say that assuming that's not going to happen, which I don't think it will, and the Saints, again, they stay at 24, my guess is that I want a linebacker, and that option number two for me is to decide between Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. I, I believe that both will be there at 24, and I certainly think one will be. Uh, and that's what I would like the pick to be, uh, now, if both are selected before 24, to me, that's a huge disappointment, okay, but that where do you go from there? Number three, you have five tackles that I think five or six guys that are tackles that could be drafted in the first round. Uh, there's a lot of talent at that position. A couple guys that are,
4: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences.
2: And you got about three or four that could could play guard if they needed to. And so I kind of prefer those guys just because if Larry Warford needs to be benched or if he's hurt um, or if something happens to Andres Pete, you can plug those guys in as first round picks and they could start for you right away. Or if something happens to Teron Armstead, you don't have to move Andres Pete over. You can kick Ramchek to the left and put one of these guys at right tackle. Or maybe even try him at left yeah. tackle. So that that's number three for me is these tackles, if, if the linebacker scenario doesn't work out. And then number four, which is kind of the X factor wild card, is Jordan Love. If he falls the twenty four, he's a quarterback. Yeah. That's an X factor consideration.
1: Yeah, I guess my question is when does the run on offensive tackle start and when does the mm-hmm. run on wide receivers start? You know, um, yeah, well, I, I think
2: top 10 for sure. I, I think Judy, uh, will be in the top 10. I, I, I don't think it really depends on the quarterbacks because, see, here's we all know. I mean, I, I feel pretty strong that Burrow is going to go one and Chase Young is going to go two. I, and I think most people agree with that. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen mm-hmm. almost anyone out there disagree with that. Uh, where it gets harried to me is at number three because a lot of people have. Uh, the Detroit Lions, either going Isaiah Simmons, um, the linebacker, or they have him going Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback. Um, But apparently they're getting a lot of interest in that pick at number three. And if they're getting a lot of interest, my guess is it'd be someone trading up for a quarterback, whether it's Justin Herbert or Tua. And so all of a sudden, once you get to Miami at five, if they pick a quarterback and three quarterbacks are gone, then I think someone will overdraft Jordan Love because all of a sudden his value starts to get. If you, if you got three quarterbacks gone on the first five picks, then there's really one left that's graded highly. And I think, I think Jordan Love potentially vaults into the top ten in a scenario like that.
3: You think Now, the, would it if be the alliance
2: the G- they put and they pick one of the defenders I just talked about, then maybe that pushes one of the quarterbacks down the board and you mm-hmm. f- through five picks you only have two picked and so it, that, I think that's where that – going back to your question, where do these tackles and receivers go? I think that first domino with what happens at pick number three is really important.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the question to me is Carolina, Jacksonville. You know, Carolina, they signed Bridgewater, to a three, but it's only a three-year deal. Jacksonville supposedly yeah. is committed to Gardner Minshew, why I have well, no Well, don't idea. forget
2: Carolina has P.J. Walker too.
1: Yeah, so yeah. are they and the Chargers, right? So yeah. are they going to go quarterback? Are they looking to move up? Uh, I, I just look at Jordan Love, and the more I look at him, and the more I read about him, he like he's scared. He just uh, it I feels just,
2: like Ryan Leaf, doesn't it?
1: It well, it just if to me he feels like a guy. I just, if he's there at 24, I don't like the Saints taking him because I want them to be all in for Drew, for Drew's last year. And I just look at him and I'm like, eh. You know, even Mahomes, if they, like, when you looked at Patrick Mahomes in 2017, you could, you know, certain people didn't like him or whatever, but you could look at him and be like, God damn the arm and the mobility. And you could see, you could see it. You could like, you could see a you could see the physical skills and he's awesome. Jordan love. I'm like, eh, he's all right. Like he's interesting, I guess. But like, I just, he's not a guy that gets me super excited for even the future. So I just would rather them go somewhere else. So I kind of just hope that he's, yeah. he's, he's, gone, he's at 24-
2: gone. So you don't even have to sweat it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I do think quarterback is still a big need for, for this team this year. I mean, I'm not even just talking about, you know, the future I, I'm, I'm talking about this year. Uh, uh, there's a reality here that unless Breeze gets hurt, Taysom Hill is not really a quarterback. What he affords this team in terms of special teams, tight end, uh, as a runner, I mean, he may throw on occasion. But to me, he's not really a quarterback in terms of what this team needs from him this year. Unless Breeze gets hurt, if Breeze goes down, then I think he, he probably is the full-time quarterback. Um, but you need a third quarterback on your roster. So that, it's a need now because, I mean, we saw Teddy Bridgewater had to play yeah. last year because Breeze got hurt. So it, at 41, he needs a backup quarterback, an emergency quarterback, because it, it, you know, Sean Payton's played this scenario out before. What happens if Taysom Hill is covering a kickoff? You know, all of a sudden his finger is going sideways and he can stay in the game, but he can't throw and you've got breeze and then breeze goes down. You need somebody to go in there and start, uh, and play. So, uh, I still think quarterback is a huge need now, how they feel that, I don't know. Uh, but there is something attractive about having your third string quarterback be a young promising player that's learning from Drew Brees and learning mm-hmm. from Sean Payton while Drew Brees is still there. Um, so that that that's my only kind of appeal there, but I'm with you. Uh, I, I tend to think he's going to be gone anyway, so this will be a moot
1: point. What about C.J. Henderson from Florida? You had him at 11, and yep. I see him mocked to the Saints in a couple of spots where, you know, the draft uh, the draft analysts are like, hey, you know, the Saints have Lattimore, but Janoris Jenkins is old. You don't like what you have really behind them, so C.J. Henderson is the pick uh, there because of the future at corner. You had him at, all the way up at eleven. So, and I saw him at Florida. I I liked him. He looks he looks exactly like you would want in a corner. What did you see yes. out of him? Yeah,
2: everything. I mean, he's everything you'd want. He he's got this perfect blend of size, speed. Um, he's got uh, I I mean Akuda, everyone kind of feels like he's the best corner in this draft. And I, I think I mean he looks like Patrick Peterson. You know, I mean he he looks awesome. But you know, CJ Henderson, I would say, is clearly the second best corner in this draft. And if the Saints got him, I'd be thrilled because then you can put Janoris Jenkins in the slot and, and you've got Henderson and Lattimore outside. I mean, that, that would be a, a tremendous selection for the Saints. I don't think he falls at 24. I think, again, it's unlikely that he's there. If he is, uh, that's one of those value picks. And it goes back to your original question. You know, if something crazy happens and this guy falls, I, I'm not going into this draft in the first round thinking the Saints need to get a corner necessarily. I think they're okay there. But if C.J. Henderson falls to 24, that's a sprint to the podium. Well, there is no podium this year, but that, that's a sprint and hit enter on your keyboard <laughs> uh,
1: type of pick. No, here's here's the thing that we, you, you know is going to happen. Like there's always trades. Uh, it's usually the Saints trading up, but other teams too. So there's going to be movement in 10 to 20, and it's going to be, I think – when the run on offensive linemen starts, that is going to create a panic among teams that wide receiver is not, right? Like if you are a team and you're like, we need a receiver, right? And you start to see the receivers go. You can say to yourself, we can get a receiver where we are or in the second round because this draft is so ridiculously deep at receiver. I think, Andrew, if you our team, and you're like, we have got to get a freaking offensive tackle, and you start seeing those tack like two of them go off the board at like four and six or whatever, like say the Giants take a tackle and Jacksonville takes one, I think you're going to have teams from 16 on down that are going to be like, oh, shit, we got to go up and get one of those four tackles. We got to get one of those five tackles. We, can, we cannot be sitting here at 27 and all the tackles are gone. we got to have one. So I think that's where you're going to see teams moving up into like 12 to the 20 range to make sure they get one of those five tackles that you had graded uh, yeah. in mean, the first the round, which helps the Saints, I, see I think. The two going
2: first are, are Werfs and Wills. Uh, Werfs from Iowa and Wills from uh, Alabama. And it'll be interesting to see where they go, but I, I think they'll both be top 10 picks or certainly, you know, by the first 12 picks. Uh, and then, you know, you've got Andrew Thomas of Georgia, and, and that's that's where, again, it's, he's kind of like a Jordan Love prospect. He's the third best tackle in this draft, but I think it's kind of like the guys before him. If, if, if a bunch of tackles, if there's a big run, I could see him getting overdrafted. And yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing for the Saints because while Andrew Thomas is a prospect I like, and I would totally be down for the Saints taking him, uh, if he gets selected and there's this big run of tackles, then that starts to push the linebackers down the board, and that's where Patrick Queen or Kenneth, uh, you know Murray, may be available to the Saints at that point.
1: What do you think would have to? Because I, the more I look at the Saints draft and and what they need, and the more I look at your board, the more it becomes clear to me that it's going to be linebacker. It's either going to be. Queen Murray at 24, or maybe they even move up because they're like, we have to have one of those guys. But what do you think would be a guy on your board that would be there that the Saints would say, I know we said we need a linebacker, and we do very badly need a linebacker, but this dude – He's too good to pass up, not a quarterback. So let's pretend Jordan Love is gone. What would be a Mm -hmm. guy that, let's say, Queen is there. What's the other guy that would be there that the Saints would not choose a linebacker and say, we got to take that guy?
2: I think, well, you named one of them. I have two names for you. I think number one is C.J. Henderson. I, I think if he's there, I think they start to think, well, we really want a linebacker, but we're in nickel half the time anyway. And so if and we have Demario Davis, that's one linebacker that we know is gonna be good. Hopefully between Anzalone and Alonzo, one of them can work out for us. And if we're in nickel most of the time anyway, give me the shutdown corner. Because again, remember Janoris Jenkins, we don't know what kind of shelf life he has. Mm -hmm. Lattimore is a year away from being in a walk year, and are the Saints going to want to invest in him? I mean, they've got to make a decision on Kamara. They've got to make a decision on Ramchick. So this is going to be complicated for the Saints financially. So I I think C.J. Henderson, if he's there, makes a lot of sense. Uh, The other guy I would say is Justin Jefferson. I think if he's there as badly as you need a linebacker, you start to picture... Oh, man, we can have Justin Jefferson in this offense and what that looks like to have a trio of receivers where, you know, all of a sudden you have Jefferson that's subbing in for Emmanuel Sanders. So that would be my my answer to your question. I mean, one thing to look at that, like what would be a surprise? I would say it's Jalen Johnson of Utah. Uh, I I think let's say C.J. Henderson's gone. I mean, it's possible that in the Saints room, they're thinking, we're not going to re-sign Lattimore, and we're about to lose Janoris Jenkins, too. They may decide at 24, we need a corner, period. And so that's where I think... Oh, that's interesting. You know, I I think Jalen Johnson... Now, I don't know what their plans are for Jenkins and how, how, how much longevity they think he has, and I don't know what their plans are for Lattimore in the future, but... if if they saw very clearly that come 2021, neither of these guys will be on the roster. Then you start to wonder, do you overdraft a guy? And again, if CJ Henderson's gone, I think Jalen Johnson kind of represents again, the saints look for long corners. They like guys with ideal size, ideal speed. And he, he is, he, he fits kind of the prototype. He kind of has a similar body to PJ Williams and Patrick Robinson. And, I think for this year, Jalen Johnson's a guy that if he was drafted, could put those two players on high alert uh, and maybe move up the depth chart ahead of them. Um, so that that would be an interesting battle and that's maybe one name to look out for uh, that they potentially overdraft a little bit.
3: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. a performance enhancing.
4: while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole?
0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Well, and look, you know, I was arguing with people on Saints Twitter earlier this week about Lattimore. And my point with Lattimore was he's going to get paid, whether it's the Saints or someone else. And he's probably going to be the highest paid corner in NFL history, right? Because it'll be his turn. He'll get the money, Right. And my thing with him is, if I'm going to make somebody the highest paid player at their position in NFL history, I need to have no questions. Like Michael Thomas, it was like, give him the money. We know he works hard. We know he's going to be awesome. Even if he gets hurt, it'll be fine. Pay him. With Lattimore, I understand why Saints fans are like, you got to fucking pay him. Because we've been, we had a decade, we had a half a decade where the corners were shit and you don't want to let him go. But I think. I could see the Saints saying, look, we draft, we draft Johnson. We draft um, another corner, you know, um, you know, C.J. Henderson from Florida. We, yeah. we draft them, and they hit, and we have a really good corner. Then going into Lattimore's walk year, we have flexibility. We can say, hey, maybe we don't have to pay him because C.J. Henderson is awesome, right? We can trade him and get – the Jalen Ramsey giant trade package, right? And so you just sort of protect yourself, and I could definitely uh, see them doing it. What's the, what was the difference for you? Because you, you both said they had ideal size and speed, but you have a 12-number a, a ranking difference between the two. What's the difference in your mind between the two?
2: Oh, between Johnson and C J Henderson? Yeah. No, oh, I mean I think CJ Henderson played elite talent and, and has looked very good in doing it, you know, and he played at Florida. He was an SEC corner. I mean, his speed, I mean he ran a four three nine. So I mean he, he's insanely fast and I, I just think he, he reads the quarterback. He has good anticipation. So maybe just you know, slightly better in terms of his on the ball ability um, you know, I really like both guys though. And and I think, I mean, see, this is where it gets tricky, but I, I actually think it just kind of depends on where you pick them. But I, I think Jalen Johnson is, is kind of under the radar a little bit. And I think part of that is that he went to Utah and in general, those pack 12 guys, I mean, he, he's not quite as fast and he's not quite as tall. So I, I would say, but, but he's still kind of the ideal height and speed that you want out of a player at that position. I just think, um, you know, it's slight, but to me, C.J. Henderson's a better player.
1: You know, and who's a guy, maybe as you rated the top 25, who's a guy in the, the bottom of your 25 or another guy that you look at and you say, you know what, if he drops into the second round, we need to go on full Mickey Loomis trade back up into the second round alert because he's a guy the Saints would love.
2: Yeah, um, you know, again, he, he's not on this board, but and it would depend on who the Saints picked first. But uh, Ayuk, the receiver from Arizona State, is interesting to me. So you know, if he's if he's still there in the early mid second round, uh, I think I don't think he would be there. But if he dropped, that's someone that would be interesting to me. Um, you know, the guy I have last on here, Austin Jackson out of USC, um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jermon Bushrod uh, in the sense that he's not all there physically yet. I think he needs a little bit of refinement in terms of uh, developing his strength. I think he probably needs a year to, uh, and, and Armstead was like this too, uh, but I think he just needs a year in the system to develop his strength, to develop it. You just look at his athleticism. You look at his positional flexibility. Austin Jackson, the tackle out of USC. You know, when I talk about a guy that has the positional flexibility to be your starting right tackle if something happens to Armstead, where you have to put Ramchek at left tackle. You know, you you don't want to move Andres Pete. Like I, I've been saying this for a long time now. Like Andres Pete is your left guard, and I don't want to mess with that. I don't want him moving around. I don't want The Saints being in this state of chaos on the offensive line when someone goes down. So what drafting a guy like like uh, Austin Jackson gives you is that you can move Ramchick over to the left. He's your left tackle of the future, I believe. And then Austin Jackson is at right tackle. And meanwhile, if you have no injuries, but you just don't love the way Larry Warford's playing, Austin Jackson has the ability to play guard and you let them battle it out. And, and if Jackson looks better at some point, you just bench Warford uh, or, you know, so I think he, he's a player that I just look at that has the flexibility that I think as he gets stronger, as he's in the system, mm-hmm. he will get better. Like we saw happen with Street or Bushrod or, or Stinchcomb, you know, some of those guys were maybe they weren't great in year one, but eventually they became good players Uh, and I think he's got that kind of makeup, but that he's just an athlete, you know, and for a guy, his size, he's very athletic. And I think the saints like players like that with positional flexibility. So that's a guy to watch for me.
1: Yeah. And we'll, you know, I saw, um, uh, Mike Renner from PFF. He was, he, he joked, you know, there's a 90% chance that the saints are trading their 2021 first or 2021 second, uh, To move up. And uh, you've said it all along. Like, one of those picks is going to be gone. Like, I I really – I don't think they'll trade the first because the uncertainty of post Breeze life, that's a – you know, it wasn't that big of a risk, right, when they did it in 2018 and they gave up the first to get Marcus Davenport because they knew that team in 2018 was going to be fucking amazing, right? And they knew, we're picking – Bottom, we're picking 24 or lower, so it wasn't a risk. The post breeze world, you have no idea. You know, you you have no idea like if there's going to be a season this year or whatever, right? So, it becomes very difficult to I think give up that first round pick, but they could package their 2021 20, second and their 2023rd and move right on in to the second round into the 40s, Andrew, and get whoever they want. And I think. I think Austin Jackson would be, um, an ideal, an ideal guest for what they would do there. Yeah.
2: Again, it depends on what they pick at 24, obviously, but I, I just think, yeah, I, I will be stunned, shocked, and, uh, speechless. If the saints get through this draft with all of their 2021 draft <laughs> assets, untouched and unblemished, I, I would be stunned. Um, uh, and and again, I, I mean, part of it's just this is their modus operandi, right? This is what they do. But I think you have to take stock, first of all, of what does this roster look like? And it's really deep. And so I just they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. They're built and set up to compete and, and win games this year. And so when you look at it from that under that microscope, I just think the Saints don't want – they're not sweating not having a ton of picks. They don't want a ton of picks. They just want to get three or four guys that make their roster better. They're not interested like – this isn't the Cleveland Browns model where they want 10 to 12 picks because they want a bunch of guys because their depth is so bad. They need as much competition as possible. They need youth and they need talent. Saints don't really necessarily need that. They just want three. If they can get out of this draft with three or four guys that become key contributors and depth for them, uh, then that's really all they need. And so when you, I I don't know that they necessarily want to lose picks in the top 100, but if they can move up using both lower picks this year and 2021 assets, I think they will. And so whether they give up their first or their second or their third, Expect them to use those picks to get into the second round or to maybe take two picks in the third round. Uh, I, I, again, I'd be shocked if they don't. I fully agree with them.
1: Yeah, and I just think if we had Mickey Loomis on this podcast and we injected it with truth serum and we said, Mickey, you can get a really good starting linebacker and depth at two other places that you like, would that be enough for your draft? He'd be like, that's fine. Like if you told him, uh, I'm going to get for that I'm going to get Queen, and he's going to be really good. You're going to trade up, and you're going to get Austin Jackson. And he's going to be a future offensive lineman, and you're going to draft another one of those receivers that falls into the fifth round that's like a run-fast guy that might be something. He'd be like, that's cool. That's fine. That's all That's all we need, you know?
2: Yeah, Yeah. the only thing I'd say there is you leave the draft with no quarterback. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously that that would still be something that they have to address, but – Yeah, it's interesting, man. You know, it's funny. We're talking about this. One thing I will say is I cannot believe Cam Newton and James Winston don't have jobs. And now we're we're close enough to the draft now that they're not going to have a job until after the draft, uh, because, you know, teams will reassess what their needs are. And I I think if you're Cam Newton, you're really hoping the chargers miss out on a quarterback. Uh, so they're stuck with Tyrod Taylor and maybe they do sign him, but, um, yeah, to me it's just really interesting to see two players like that jobless going into the draft.
1: Cam Newton is going to be a backup quarterback. There's a there's I would say there's like a 60 to 70% chance that Cam Newton is going to be a backup quarterback somewhere. And 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 that just blows my mind. Winston too a little bit, but Winston has been a turnover machine and been prone and I can see why teams wouldn't want him. But Cam Newton, I mean, I can think of a bunch of teams that he would be an immediate upgrade over what they have uh, if healthy. I, so yeah, I agree. But man, you know what's
2: interesting about those two guys is—I mean, with Winston, I feel like he's never been on top. You know, he—he's always kind of been this eight and eight, seven and nine quarterback. He's had good statistical years, but he—he has been real up and down his whole career. So. I think an opportunity for him to sit behind someone and learn, I, I actually think he would accept that, you know. And, and it's
1: maybe. I mean,
2: I, maybe his humility is not in the right place or whatever. But I think he he will come to grips with the fact that I'm not going to get a starting job. I need to sit behind someone for a year. I'm going to try to make the most of it. Uh, I I think he's at a place with Cam Newton. I mean, you know, Bridgewater last year was the highest paid backup at seven million. I just I don't know that Cam Newton would accept a contract like that. Yeah. I think at Cam Newton, you got to view. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been an MVP, and I wouldn't sign him to a major deal. And I think most GMs feel that way. They're just like, there's no way. Number one, we he he just had sh- throwing sh- shoulder surgery. Uh, he, he's looked awful the last two and a half years on the field. He's looked awful, and. We don't know where he's at from a health standpoint. There's no way we're going to invest huge numbers in a guy like that right now. And on the other side of the fence, I think Cam Newton is thinking, I'm Cam Newton. There's no yeah. way I'm accepting to be a backup. There's no way I'm accepting $7 million a year. You know, I deserve to make $20 million a year minimum. And I, I'm a starter in this league. I'm an MVP. Like That's what he thinks of himself. So I don't know if Cam Newton plays this year, Ralph.
1: Yeah, it's gonna, he's going to be a guy – he's going to wait and wait and wait, I think, and we'll see how the season goes. We'll see how they play, if they play in empty stadiums, if they send them all off into bumfuck Egypt to practice in like a quarantine bubble or whatever. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I think you're right. I think, I think he's going to wait, and it could be a thing of he waits for somebody to get hurt, he waits for a team to not like what they have, in the training camp or whatever, I, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think Cam Newton, uh, I is think not he'd much
2: be... rather take a minimum deal at mid season for a playoff team. Cause someone just got hurt and, and, you know, have a good opportunity and prove to everyone at that yeah. point, like, and and then go back into free agency. Like I, I think he's way more likely to do that than accept, you're the backup for this guy, and you're going to make seven million this year.
1: Yeah, the final thing I want I want to talk about is this draft. Watching it Thursday, Friday, Saturday is going to be fucking weird. And I know people are like, "Oh, it's going to be they're going to be the picks from Goodell's going to announce the picks from his from his basement," and it's going to, like it's going to be weird. And I I think like we're going to be watching it, and it's going to be like five to seven picks in. And weird shit's gonna be happening. I'm not talking about like technical difficulties, Andrews. I just think teams are gonna there it's gonna be it's either it's gonna be having either a bunch of trades or no trades, it's gonna be weird stuff is gonna happen because teams being remote is going to affect them some kind of way. I don't know exactly how, but I'm telling you, like five to seven picks in, everybody's gonna be like This is weird, and this shit is getting wild, and that's my prediction. I just, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to mean. I can't
2: wait. Um, I've never been so excited in my life for this. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) I mean, seriously though, I'm pumped, and it it just boils down to, um, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But I need this, man. I need this so bad. I I think all, all, uh, all Saints fans agree with me here that. I don't I don't even care how it's presented at this point. I just need it.
1: Uh, if I was Goodell, I would have a super secret conference call with all the teams and I would tell them, I would have I would have done this last week. I'd have been like, "Look, y'all, this is the only sporting event in America that we're going to have. People are going to be paying attention to this. I need each of you general managers to pump out 3 ridiculous draft rumors to the big reporters before the draft i need you to do that because your our fans need a distraction so i need three ridiculous trade rumors pumped out into the internet for america you know that's what that's what i would have done as commissioner
2: yeah I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think with internet issues and all this stuff too, I mean we may see more decisions being made in a vacuum. you know I, I think if anything, Peyton, Ireland and and Loomis, like there's just gonna be less back and forth, you know I think those three will stay in constant communication. but I think the people in the room that sometimes have the ability to sway or you know, I, I'm talking about the Scouts, I'm talking about you know just well, lower men on Dennis Allen, lower men on the totem pole. I just think they're going to have less of a voice. Well, in the these Saints scenarios. even
1: admitted it. I saw it. Uh, I think it was Nick Underhill tweet, or maybe it was Peter King. It was that the Saints basically for their draft war room or whatever you want to call it since it's virtual, they've set up two two sort of I guess it'll be like video conferences one of them will have Peyton, Loomis Ireland and Kai Hartley and the other one will have everyone else and that'll kind of be like a free form one and the Saints can like I guess listen or pop into that one if they want but the, the main one with the four that's going to be the decision maker one right and like you said there may be a scout that they really trust and he's Given he's he's beat the drum for guys and Sean Payton in Ireland really listen to that guy usually where like he's not in the room anymore and they have to go to him via video conference to ask his opinion, where like normally yeah. in the world he, he,
2: he can just inject himself.
1: Yeah, he can just be like, yeah. Listen, I told you about X and X player, this guy's just as good pick him. Do it, do it, do it and he can kind of berate them or whatever. Uh, now that's gone. So I just think it's gonna be really interesting how to play out and I'm just gonna make a prediction teams that are good and make the right decisions are gonna find a way to stay good and the teams that make the bad decisions are gonna be even worse that's my yeah prediction. I think
2: I think this is where preparation process uh, I, I think that all gets tested and uh, you know the the hardest working teams um, are, are gonna benefit here and Honestly, Ralph, this is where continuity uh, will be rewarded. Now, I don't know what the NFL season looks like, and let's not even get into that. But uh, I just think having a team that's been together, that has the same coach, that has the same system, that hasn't had a lot of changes, I think they're at a major advantage this year if and when the season happens.
1: Oh, com- com- and that And that starts with the draft process. You
2: know, completely.
1: Next week. Uh, I'm going to make one wild prediction, and then because the music's going to play, and we're going to get out of here. I'm going to predict the Raiders and the Giants are going to do insane fucking things in this draft. That is my prediction because they, they've done it. Gruden has a history of it. And we're going to be like, I can't believe the Raiders just did that. And that's my prediction. So, guys, this one's free. You should become a $10 patron if you can. Support the podcast, the number 21 most listened to podcast in Finland, best Saints podcast on earth. Guys, we love you. We will see you again tomorrow.